I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Acton Millwall, the uh, the morning after, the evening after, the night before. Uh, we are, uh, of course, your real Millwall fans. You're looking back at the um, well, the disappointing defeat at uh, Fulham last night, but also the positive one 0 against Sheffield Wednesday at the weekend. Two contrasting performances. My panel this evening um, to, to to divulge into these. Firstly, of course, we've got Pauline Fowler's doppelganger. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Good evening, dear listeners. It's a, it's a tough, tough show, but we will do it for you. We will do it. And we've got uh, Chernobyl Charlie's in the building. He's been swimming lately. Yeah, swimming, sw- swimming, unfortunately, into uh, into hot water, defending um, the Millwall side on Twitter. <laughs> anyway, uh, and we've also got a new signing, Mike, who was down at Fulham yesterday. All right, Mike? Hello, lads. Hello, listeners. Yeah, equally as depressed today, but uh, we'll get over it, eh? Nick, when <laughs> start, should we look back at the... Um, uh, uh, let's just touch on the Fulham game before we go into it in depth. Fulham 4 mil nil. <sighs> you know, I, I wasn't at the game. I didn't see the game. I've looked at the highlights. And, and you know, let's be fair. Fulham has spent a, a, a shit ton of money on, on an attacking lineup. Yeah. Uh, which is possibly going to tear through the rest of this division bar maybe one or two defences. Um, what, what did you make of it? And do you know well, what? Are we start with Nick? Can we start with Mike? Obviously, yeah, go, go for it, Mike. Yeah, Mike yeah, 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 I was there. Well, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was awful. It, it felt like one of those games where it's just like, you, we just didn't know what to do. Uh, we could have tried anything there. And the, the electric passing, um, as I'm sure we've all seen from the statistics of possession of something like 85% uh, they had, but also had a look, uh, 94.4% pass completion rate for Fulham, which again, extremely high. But yeah, it was, um, yeah, I mean, it was just felt like there was just nothing, nothing we could do. Um, and you've got sort of Leonard and Williams, who are just too slow in, in the centre of the park, being absolutely ripped, ripped to shreds. Um, and yeah, it was it was thoroughly disappointing. And I think we had a little spell after half time when Smith came on, and we mm-hmm. kind of went for a bit and pushed um, pushed forward and were pressing them quite high up the pitch. But then ultimately that left, left us exposed, and then obviously the uh, gave away the penalty, and, and and that was that. But yeah, it was yeah, it, it, it was just felt like there was nothing we. I, I mean, I, I I agree with Mike. I mean, you can disagree. The stats 
don't always tell the full story. I, I was making a joke with my wife watching it on the Red Button show last night that we won with 70% possession, uh, 30% possession with Sheffield getting 70 mm. on Saturday. And this, at that stage, I, I think it, was, um, it wasn't even 1-0 when I, I made that little crack. So you can probably put it down to me and my, my, my Jonah effects from, from there. I think we were on something like 89% at that point in the game and it, it kind of yeah. continued on in the same vein. There's nothing you can do when you come up against a very good quality Fulham side. Um, <clears throat> tactically, I think, and we'll probably talk about this with Harry a little, and, and yourself, Mike, a little bit, but we probably could have done a little bit better. I don't think there was much more we could have done. That You can argue about some fine points of whether Romeo was at fault in the opening goal, which I thought was a, a pretty unstoppable shot. I've put it on our, our notes here. And the, and the second goal was a... Uh, was, that was a left flank move, wasn't it? And then a cross into the into the near post. Maybe, maybe the defence could have been tighter. Maybe there were players that made marginal errors and got punished for them. But I, I just think it comes back to your point to open this up, Aaron. But that this is a, a team. I, I, I've read online it's taken 100 million pounds to put together. I mean, I, I don't know if that figure is correct. It it certainly looked like it could be correct last Obviously, night. Everything's been everything's been sort of well um, meandered in the sense of FFP terms. Knockout, Cavaliero, Etal have all come in on loans with, you know, obligations and options to buy. Um, you you look at some of the other bits and pieces that you know the, the business they've done and the squad depth they have an attack is. I mean, I think the word I use is fucking disgusting. Um, you know, and the strange thing about Fulham is they shit. <coughs> A stupid amount of goals last season. Stupid amount of goals in the Premier League. Yet they haven't brought in a defender at all, which no. is very, very baffling. They're basically going for it and saying, you know what, we're gonna, we're basically we're gonna outscore everyone. They've brought in Knockart, um, Harrison Reed in midfield from Southampton. They've got Harry Arter, who is Scott Parker's uh, brother-in-law. Bobby Reed is is coming from Cardiff. He scored, you know, a hatful of goals in the Championship and assists. Uh, and they've still got, you know, decent championship ca campaigners like Cabano and Aite to come in off the wing. Mitrovic as well. Let, let's be fair, mm. he, he's a Premier League striker. Yes, he is. No, I mean, they were, they, they were very good. Um, a thing that struck me as I was watching last night was that we've seen a few what I call tippy-tap kind of passing uh, go go nowhere sides. So I include Preston on the opening day to a degree. West Brom in both of the the league and the cup games to a degree, um, and Sheffield certainly were you know one of these sides where the passing uh, they had a lot of possession, but passing went nowhere. Well, if you can pass and you can move and you can uh, operate with top technique like Fulham did last night, that style goes from being. Um, and a wishy-washy nothing style into a very, very potent mix. And that's what we saw with Fulham last night. It's it's unfortunate. We've walked into a punch and got taken it straight in the jaw. Mm. Um, uh, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go over both performances. But for me, it's how the reaction comes on Saturday. It's going to be the crucial question. Uh, I'd like to call upon the right honourable Harold Warren to give yeah. a verdict. Um, <laughs> I mean, I watched it on the Red and I'm working night, so I couldn't get to Craven Cottage and come back. So... Basically, that's why I watch it on the red button. I've normally enjoyed my trip to Fulham. Um, but they, I'm understanding, and uh, the performance is one thing, and the tactics are one thing, and Fulham are one thing. But when you watch football like that, you sit there, and obviously, because you're watching it on telly, you have a slightly better view, I, th I think. Yeah, you do, yeah. Um, than being there. Now, Mill will have a chance in the first three or four minutes up the other end, it clips a bar. Good delivery from Scalak, I think it was. 
But other than that, Skalak and Mahoney did fuck all defensively for you. They did nothing for us last night. Now, people I've seen, I've read so much shit today and last night that I don't understand what Millwall were meant to go there and do. Did you think we were going to go there and attack Fulham? But if you go there and try and play against them, you'll get it on the break like they did the second half and scored two quick goals. If you go there and try and defend, you've got to go there and try to defend and go 5-3-2. Or, but obviously, we didn't do that. Everyone moans that we didn't go there having a go, but we would have been, they would have been the same people that moan that we'd had a go and got beaten 6-0. You know, been 6-0 down at half-time. It's a very difficult situation when you come across the side that played to their maximum last night. I don't think Fulham will probably have another performance like that all year. I know they, they did, but it was literally everything they did. I mean, if you look at their expected goals, that they only had 1.37 expected goals, which means basically they didn't expect they should have got 1.37 goals for every chance they created. So they were clear-cut goal-scoring chances. The Cavalero goals... They're both ridiculous. They're the same as what he done on uh, for, against Huddersfield. He come in from the left hand side, curled one in top corner with his right foot. He's done two with either foot against us. This is quality. You're not. You Millwall haven't turned up there and been. What's the word? We haven't. We haven't been the architects of our own downfall. We've been beaten <coughs> quality. You know, we haven't scored an own goal or whatever. The third one looked a little bit offside. Whether it was offside or not, I mean, the keep uh, the refs does a favour by not sending the keeper off. To be honest. Um, but all in all, we got stuffed, and yeah. okay, we get stuffed once every year. You know, I don't understand the press for panic stations. Seven from twelve isn't that bad. We're, no. we're not going to get relegated. We're also not going to get promoted. We're going to have a a rebuilding season, which at the end of the day is all we really can ask for. I don't, I, you know. Yes, it's nice to give the the big boys a bloody nose, and that that's what the den's for. But when we go away from home, we are going to sit there and try and nick a point because at the end of the day, as Neil Harris says, as the chairman says, as everyone around the club says, if they all don't get relegated, it's a successful season. Yeah, think- and, and, and I think we, um, we, we, we expected to lose, you know, against Fulham. I mean, did anyone think we would pick up a point or win? I mean, I certainly didn't, um, albeit the good form at the start of the season. So I know it was worse than we expected, but we, we never really expected to pick anything up there anyway, I wouldn't have thought. So, you know, I don't see how you can be, you know, so negative as some are sort of online, you know. Um, let's focus on the games that we actually can get some points from. Social media is like looking into the dark heart of mankind, isn't it, really? I mean, I, I sometimes look on it, I, don't, I think I don't know why it's compulsive, but you, but equally you don't see nuance, you don't see balance, you don't see sensible viewpoints, you always see extremes. So we've gone from Saturday, like I put in my notes here, 10, 10 man Lions heroes on Saturday, to being um, out, well, we were outclassed and outgunned last night, but being a team that's almost not worthy of um, taking the pitch in the next game. And the two the two contradictory viewpoints cannot be true at once, can they? Well, you can't be fighting heroes one day and then within, you know, 72 hours, you're, mm. you're utterly useless, as, as many would have you believe. Between, there's a big difference between Sheffield Wednesday and Fulham, let's be fair. Yeah. There is, yeah, yeah. vast, vast. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday are are the ultimate wounded beast. They have, they're, they're like a guy who's, you know, who, who's just got married and he's found out that, you know, his, his, his wife... <laughs> like, 
brother or something like that. Like you look at <laughs> Steve Boot <laughs> absolutely done up the done up the arse. Like he didn't even turn up. Obviously that's for personal reasons. I think he, you know his parents died or one of yeah. his died, and you know he 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 was in a bad place. He turns up, doesn't <clears throat> get him to the playoffs. They're in embargo. They sign you know a, a, a shit ton of freebies and stuff. And, and, you know, he leaves to go to Newcastle. And obviously, you understand he goes to Newcastle. But Lee Bullen's gone in there, and he's tried to make something something good of it. They are completely different to Fulham. The only thing that I can say about Fulham is they've got a rookie manager in Scott Parker, who, who let's be fair, has never done the job. And 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 sort of, you know, he's, he's under sort of pressure now. But Fulham are just spending money because they expect to go back straight, straight back up, you know? Well, because they, yeah, yeah. they have the money, don't they? They, 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 they have parachute payments. They have a, a, um, an owner who is clearly a, an exceptionally wealthy man. They have access to resources, albeit with the, the financial rules that everyone can get around with a little bit of, you know, creativity. Um, they have access to resources that we don't. So we have to make the best of what we have. I mean, if, if our, our record signing, I think, is it remains Ryan Leonard. I think, did he make 1.5 million reportedly when we signed him? Yes, I yeah. <clears throat> So, you know, when you, it made me laugh. I, I won't name the poster on, on Twitter earlier and said it, Fulham haven't actually assembled their uh, team for 100 million. There's, they've got two players, one worth 15 million, one worth 8 million. Uh, 12 million. That's, that's 37 million pounds within two players. You know, yes. it's it, it, they have access to vast resources, and at a certain point, at a certain level, money will buy you success at this at this level. Whether they'll buy them success back in the Premier League or not, we we kind of saw a little bit, a bit of it last season. The level that operates there. Achtung, Milbay. Let's be honest, right? And, you know, the, we've played four games. So we're having sort of a, a four-game assessment plus the League Cup. Right? Yeah. Realistically, we're better than I thought we'd be. Right? Yeah. That's, that's, without a question over that, I got called out for saying Smith can't play every game last night. How do I know Smith can't play every game? Well, I know Smith can't play every game because he, he can't run. Right? He can't run. That's not his game. Right? If Millwall don't get the ball... There is no point in having him on the pitch. Yes, you can come on and do bombardment, but you can't do bombardment if you ain't got the fucking ball. That, that, that's, that's no, that was a problem last yeah. night. We, yeah. we did look better with him, though, Harry, didn't we? I mean, what, um, the five minutes before they got the third and fourth? Yeah, I know. It, I know it's relative. Yeah, he, 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 he should have scored. Yeah. He, he did have that chance. If that had gone in from what I could see, I mean, he had a great chance um, just yeah. after coming on. So I poked it and then it was saved easily. But I, mean, yeah, I agree, he had a great chance. Mm. My, my problem isn't... I think a lot of people are seemingly misunderstand what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to defend the performance. I'm not trying to defend anything. I'm just saying... Everyone seems to be able to point out what was wrong. No one's giving me an idea of what we could have done differently. Because oh, that's Neil Harris's job. That's Neil Harris's job. <laughs> Leave it to him. But everyone else, every, well, that's Neil Harris's job. But everyone else seems to think they're fucking some form of miracle worker online. You go five three two, you're all kidding, right? For being shit, you know, for not going away from home and not doing this. Scalat got injured as well, so that's not great. So you've got no Scalat, you've got no Wallace, and suddenly you're asking Ferguson. To, who's so left-footed, it's unbelievable. He's like Dave Livermore, again. <laughs> and last night, you got into brilliant crossing positions, but you had to chop back. Yeah, to and, stop. Uh, That's right. Sorry, I think we saw the weakness. I mean, this this was full of this. I mean, I'm hoping this is going to be a one-off. But anyway, leave that point to one side. We, we had two styles of trying to take on Fulham last night. In the first half, we tried to 
swamp and defend our way through to, you know, to maybe get a break at some point, we hope. Well, what we saw, it was a, a Cavalero unstoppable and, and a left flank move that picked us apart like uh, an old fashioned locks, you know, uh, safe breaker on picking the lock. So that didn't work. After the break, we brought Smith into the action and tried to open up a little bit more. And before we know, we're, we're a penalty down 3 0 and then the game's gone. So, <clears throat> you know, you're right, Harry. Mm. Try and kill the game off, you get punished. Try and open it out to get back into it, we got punished. So it was one of those nights. I think bad day, bad night at the office. I think that's the best I can say for last mm. night. Um, yeah. The statistics are ugly, I, I will say that. Yeah, the only good thing is, is the difference is, is I feel we are, if this was last season, there'd be no ability to change that for Saturday. There'd be no ability to change systems, no ability to change personnel, no ability to make any kind of um, tweaks tactically or any lessons to be learned. This season, you know, not being funny, I think Malumbi come on when he had the ball. Was he good? I thought he was. You know, um, it showed a little bit. I mean, I didn't really. It showed enough to make him interesting to possibly well, start because Williams Williams didn't do much last night. Well, there it? was a difference to him than the other midfielders. He's the diff. He's the creative one. We haven't had a ball playing midfielder since George Savile. George Savile could do everything. That's why he went for seven million pounds. Obviously, it's not worked out for him at Middlesbrough, but that's not the point. Malumbi mm. wanted to come here to learn how to do that. Now, obviously, it's very easy to get caught up with one player, but everyone played bad. Like, you know, the entire midfield played badly. Like, like there's not one... There was nothing good. What do we think? I mean, one of the questions I've posed, I'll throw it out to everyone on the group here. Um, I'm just looking at the percentages. I'm not a huge believer in stats, and yet somehow found myself drawn into this statistics hell that I, that I hate in football. But um, opening day fixture, Mill had 37%. Possession 63 for Preston, uh, West Brom in the league. We're talking about we had 27 percent, um, so they're 73. Uh, at home to Sheffield Wednesday, 69 to them, 31 percent to Sheffield Wednesday. And obviously, last night, the, the record 84.5 for Fulham, and what does that leave? Uh, 15 15.5 for us. Um, we've that's uh, and as we've touched on, we've won against Preston, we've drawn at West Brom. Uh, and we beat Sheffield Wednesday with those percentages, 60, 40, 70, 30-ish. Can, is, that a, is that a sustainable proportion? Is this the way we have to see the season? Because if you're not having the ball for 70% of the time, the odds are stacked against you. I mean, you know, let's state the blinding, the obvious. It's, it's going to yeah. be a long season, isn't it? Well, That's going to be like screwed, though. Yeah, we, 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 well, we play direct football, let's not forget. So, you know, we, we're not really going to be you're getting over 50% possession no, very often. No. I, I actually had a little look um, to try and find some big wins, which is quite difficult, actually, over the past couple of seasons. But um, uh, do you remember when we beat Norwich 4-0 a couple yeah. of seasons ago at home? We had yeah. 28% possession. They had 72%. Did we? Um, yeah. Wow. Yeah, sure. there's, there's another game, even last season, when we beat Ipswich 3-0 at home. We had 40% possession, they had 60%. So it, it's not, you know, I think this has been going on for quite a while. Perhaps we just we just haven't really noticed it, but it could go either way, you know. Also, the fact is that we played for more than an hour with 10 men against Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily play that out all the time. And let, let's be honest, we actually, we suit playing the way we do. We've got, we've built a squad to play this particular way. You know, maybe the only thing we're missing is when 
we've been in this division before under Jacket. The, the thing that we had in terms of, uh, you know, your sweeper, your sweeper was your defensive midfielder in Jimmy Abdu. And mm. last night I was sitting there thinking that's what we need. And I, you, you need, uh, um, that's probably the only thing that we haven't got in midfield is the disruptor, the man that's going to, you know, and since N'Golo Kante become the best midfielder in the world, arguably, at that role, those players are now triple the expense that they were 10, 15 years ago. Achtung, Mailball. We haven't touched on the Sheffield Wednesday performance because last night has overwhelmed us and we're in the immediate aftermath of, of last night's, um, you know, awful performance in, in, in truth. Um, but I thought Saturday's performance was absolutely heroic. When the, it was almost the epitome of what it means to be a Millwall fan. There was us 10 men, um, a red card, uh, debatable maybe, maybe, maybe not. But certainly we've had to last out... Um, you know, the second half up against it under siege from a decent side. I thought Sheffield Wednesday were a decent side. There's some decent players that are coming at us. And, uh, you know, you said earlier on, Harry, and I, I back it, we, we do have a team now that shows character, belief and strength of, you know, strength of purpose when it's needed. And you contrast that with what we saw last season for many, many reasons, which we won't go into again because we've done it to death. But the, the contrast is, 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 is so vast that, you know, yeah, okay. Last night was a was a was a smack in the face, but give me this season any day of the week over what we saw last year. At least we have got some bottle and got some Millwall spirit, and that that to me is is what following the club is all about. Yeah, you can't argue with that, can you? You you just can't argue with that. Thinking back to that Sheffield Wednesday game, there was positives, but there was also a few negatives that I'm worried about, and Fulham's reinforced that. Um, I think Conor Mahoney is a luxury. Um, he didn't show last night, Harry, mm. did he? No, and, and Saturday um, is well, that's true. Went, Saturday goes missing for large periods of the game, but then you give him the ball and he'll put a fantastic cross in. Yeah. You know? mm. uh, so that's, you know, are you willing to accept that when you're going to have, as you touched on, you're going to have seven, uh, the other team having 70, 80% possession? Is it worth it for those 20% possession? Is he worth having or is he not? You know, these are decisions, again, for the manager to make, not the Twitter RE or Hoff or... Yeah. or any other group that you want to put across it's we were fantastic against Sheffield Wednesday for character we were fantastic for the result we were fantastic for what it done I mean half of what I feel online's doing now is because they're disappointed that we've been beaten that the start was almost too good we don't normally start very well to start well was given a maybe a little bit of a skewed Scoob Rose tinted spectacles look at, oh, we're going to piss this, we might get playoffs or whatever. We still might get playoffs, but what we're do, not going to be travelling the top two, are we? Let's be honest. No, no, I mean, I don't think any of us expect that. I mean, if we could be mid table, uh, mid, mid season, I think we'd probably all call that a great, uh, a, a, you know, a great position to be in. I mean, it's one or two points from I was just looking at Neil Harris's comments after the game where he says that we've give him a leg up as he described we've assisted Fulham in looking so so good by giving the ball back cheaply I think that's a that's a fair point I mean as as we did get the ball the the 15% of the match where we did have the ball we seem to just release it straight back to a white shirt and you know I expect them to go on and win the league yeah, 100 points comparing with Wolves um, yeah. a couple of seasons ago. I, I mean, I do believe they look bloody good. I mean, I, I you know, I, you can't take away the quality of that first goal, Cavalero's goal. And I, I, the move for the second one, I thought, was 
was was a quality move. I mean, you know, yeah, you could pick up one or two. I saw someone online um, picking up Romeo, I think it was, for the first one. He could have been tighter, and I can't remember who it was for this. It was Cooper, which should have done better. Yeah, maybe, but you're up against decent quality players moving into intelligent positions and playing a ball into dangerous areas. You know, I, I think that the, the way Fulham were playing last night, they would take goals from any any team in the in our league in the Championship they, league. Anyway. They would do, they would do, but just maybe I don't know whether or not what's the right word that necessarily we're built to. I think we tried to defend against Mitrovic, which we didn't score from play. Cooper had actually quite a good game against Mitrovic in, in that sense. But the problem is with that is I think they get so uh, sort of fixated on defending from Mitrovic that you kind of, you want to stop the cross, stop the cross, stop the cross, and you end up letting them come inside. So I think that that's a bit of a lesson. To Harry, Harry there's, a, there's a reason why, again, going back to the point, they conceded a record amount of Premier League goals or something last season, and they felt that in the Championship, they don't need to strengthen their back line. They can go out and they can simply go and overload with attackers because they've got that quality. I mean, you look at players like Arta, Kearney, Johansson, Kevin McDonald to an extent as well. They could probably walk into every Championship side out there. Every Absolutely. Championship. Absolutely. You know, they're, they're, they're a different class. And then, it, you know, having watched Fulham, <clears throat> kind of like Scott Parker's trying to push on from the, the ethos that Jokanovic brought in, which was sit on the halfway line and just sort of like choke teams in into their own half and choke them into mistakes. Harris was very obviously, you know, let's be fair, he he was he praised them, you know. He, he said that, you know, you don't want to get beat heavily, but they were better than us, much, much better than us. We've been beaten by a very, very good side. But at the end of the day, I personally think he got it wrong in the sense of I would have liked to have seen the two actually testing the, the, the full and back two. Maybe a, a, a Bod Varson and Bradshaw. Um, maybe a Smith and Bradshaw, Smith and Bod Varson, I don't know, but just two actually go. But they, 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 you know, I just, I, I, I didn't watch the whole thing, obviously, but I think that, you know, if they, they did that, that. I agree, mate, but they did that second half and you can't get the ball to them. I think that's the problem. That's the yeah. problem. They, can't, they choke you in, so you've got to have a centre half who can play a pass to get you out. And they, they press. It was all last night's press. Press, 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 pressure, 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 pressure. And we didn't deal with it. And it doesn't matter what formation you play. If you're fucking constantly booting the ball back to their centre-half and their keeper who's sitting out on the halfway line, knocking it back in, you know, that it was like we had 10 men. It, it, it was like we had 10 men. It was, it was ridiculous. Achtung, I would like to see Bradshaw and Smith start all the time. I'd like to see, you know, maybe... Us play confirmations. I don't think we need to necessarily always have two wingers, but Millwall fans seemingly don't want us not to have two wingers. So there's there's a difference between the Millwall home support and the Millwall away support. And I think, as you were saying, with going back to what we were saying about online about the even playing um what you call it even playing the goal music, it's so bipolar opposite of. And, and, <laughs> That must be horrible to sit there and think, what the fuck am I meant to do here? Like, half and want this, half and want that. That's why you've got to back the manager in these convictions because there's so much nonsense, basically, online to think of Chris Eubank. Like, I've, I've, picked, I've picked out one. I, I, I could have picked loads, hundreds of tweets 
one way or the other, but one I picked out here from a bloke called Graham Lyon Wall. Uh, he says Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday could easily have put four past us. Um, I, I don't agree with that, but anyway, no. about the easily part. But anyway, uh, Harris's tactics are so out of date. Nothing in the way he sets us up as has changed. Let the opposition have the ball is, is being the tactic and hope they don't score. I mean, it's a very simplistic way to put it because I think there is purpose in the in the the swamp, the, the parked bus, if you want to call it, and hit them on the break. It suits the players that we can afford and have available to us. Uh, it went wrong last night, big time. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how it works out Saturday because that's really the question is mm. we've got to go to Middlesbrough. There's a team that were probably on a bit of a buzz from last Saturday will now be feeling like, um, you know, the world's crashed down around their ears. What reaction do we get Saturday? I, I hope and really hope that this squad has got enough about it to put in a performance on Saturday. We, you know, win or lose. It, it's, it's, we want to see a, a mill performance up there at Borough on Saturday. And fingers crossed that's what we get. I think the squad does have that within it. Let's, let's, let's hope it works out. Yeah, I agree with you there, Nick. And I, and I think Middlesbrough obviously play a, a very different way than Fulham. You know, we, we will rarely see that the way Fulham played against us. So, you know, actually these tactics of sitting back a little bit against Middlesbrough, for example, might not be as bad because if they're putting balls in the box and stuff, a lot of the time we can deal with that. Uh, what we can't deal with it, as you saw, you know, last night was the you know intricate pass passing around the fullbacks, you know, cutting inside, curling in screamers. Whereas Middlesbrough, we know, are a bit, you know, a little bit more limited than that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have more of a chance on Saturday. Obviously, it's still a big ask, but um, we, you know, I'd want to see us compete, and if we can grab a point up there, you know, happy days. Connor Sefton, just a little bit of context as he posts here. That was Millwall's. First loss by a four-goal margin in a league game. League game, exclude the cup, obviously, with Spurs. For first loss by a four-goal margin in the league game since Coventry in August 2015. Mm. Fulham have an outrageous squad, he says. Let's move on. Um, yeah. that's, not a bad, that's not a bad track record, is it? In What's that, four years? The Coventry yeah. game is the one where Fulham got beat from 30 yards. I'm trying to remember. I can't, I can't. Adam Armstrong, first off. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that Lemire's. That, uh, yeah, they tore us to shreds that game. Yeah, that was at the Den, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That was at the yeah. I remember he uh, shot from just basically in front mm. of me, like yeah. inside the halfway line, and it flew mm. in. Went, oh fuck! Yeah. And then well, Pre- Preston, and Preston then... tore us apart last season in the in the first twenty thirty minutes or so, at least. Mm. Um, and that's probably the first time I've seen us torn apart with not, you know not even a fig leaf to protect our modesty last night. So. You know, it's all about the next game, but the context is is right because we don't lose, you know, we don't get knocked out of sight very often. So, you know, that, as, and as we've said, Fulham have, 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 a, have a squad capable of doing that to anybody. So um, let's let's move on, as they I'm, say. I'm interested. What would you, so I'm asking you three, mm. what would be your what would be your reaction? You're you're <coughs> Nick Harris. What would be your reaction to Saturday? What would what would be your plan? What would be your plan to do with this? Um, I would I would have to look at midfield. Um, I probably wouldn't touch defence, and I wouldn't touch certainly wouldn't touch the goalkeeper. He's been one of the bright spots of our of our season so far. Um, I mean, I was just looking at another one to keep nicking quotes here, but I think I do agree with it that Williams uh, Leonard can do a job defensively, says Wayne Harvey. Uh, and but neither him nor Williams can assert themselves and control the game, and that takes me to the player we we spoke about earlier, Harry, which is uh, Malumbi. You know, yeah. we haven't got anyone that picks the ball up. It's not really Ben Thompson's game. He's more of a dynamo, 
you know, he'll be he'll be in everything. But we do need someone that can exert a little bit of um, control and vision or whatever you want to call it in midfield. I, I don't think Williams is the man. Ryan Leonard, I think uh, the jury for me is still out with Leonard. I've seen you know views for him, for him and against him. But I think midfield's got to be. And also, obviously, the wing, there was Skellag being injured and, and Wallace not available. We've got to think about what we're going to do there. Well, personally, with me for that, I think you're going away from home and... I mean, I'll let you finish, ask, Mike, because I just yeah. was going to ask Nick. You know, you're saying you wouldn't change the midfield. What, you know, what uh, formation what, are you playing in this in this kind of thing? I probably wouldn't change the formation. I would think about the personnel within it. Um, Thompson is a must pick for me in midfield. There's no, no. I mean, Williams alongside him is probably the element that I would think about replacement. But that's going to be Malumbi to start. I don't. No, I can see William uh, Thompson and Leonard perhaps in midfield. Where it doesn't answer the creative question. On the on the wings would probably be where the where the issue is now. I mean Mahoney, as we've seen, can t- has great um, ability ability to place the ball with crossing, but doesn't contribute much in terms of work rate uh, as creative players often don't. And we've also now got a, uh, you know who we're going to play in terms of the Scalac stroke um, Wallace position. Um, whether that's a, whether that's bringing uh, Shane Ferguson. Yeah, and I, to your, yeah, I, I, I go too up front. And to your point as well um, earlier, Harry, about um, the sort of playing that inside central midfielder rather than two wingers. I think Malumbi looks like the only one who might actually be capable of playing that role. You know, a bit of ability, he could probably a bit of pace run down the wing as well. Um, but he won't play him on Saturday. Um, I don't think he's fully fit yet, is he? Uh, he's probably going to play in the cup against Oxford. Keep the fitness going. That's probably more logical. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but, yeah, but I think I'd like to see two up front, though. I, I still win, and I think Smith and Bradshaw, because... Uh, the few times that we actually got the ball last night, it, it is the outlay. I appreciate we're being, uh, you know, pressed all the time, but well, we, we uh, yeah, we just couldn't get the ball out, and we're just giving it away. And I think as long as when you've got two up front, you know, you've got one more man to aim for at least. And and um, yeah, I, I think Smith can do damage. And I don't, they're not going to be the same team, you know, that, that were like Fulham last night. I mean, if if Smith, I, and I, I don't know if Smith can or can't last. A regular mm. ninety-minute game. I mean, you see these things online, and I can't, I can't imagine he can't do ninety minutes. But anyway, let's let's take it that Smith may be a proportion player. You know, he starts and comes off at sixty. Wait, what no, po- Brian can't, can he? Let, let's be honest. Dana O'Brien has never been able to last ninety minutes. He's fades natural people. Mm-hmm. That's not about being unfit. That's just about you know he he drops off a man, he goes backwards. He he, he can't do it. That's not. No, so I, I just can't do it. You know what I mean? I, I find that quite shocking in a professional. But Aiden, at what point do we see John Daddy? I mean, you know, he's on the yeah. bench. He's on the bench. Um, the fitness must be coming together now. At what point do we start to see him come into into play? Um, I would think Barra might be a, a possibility for him. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, for me, I think that because we haven't got wingers um, available this weekend. This is the chance to not play with wingers um, mm. because we make a virtue of necessity. Yes, basically, you know, we've got um, we've got a very limited right hand side because we don't have Wallace. Um, Ferguson can't play on the right. Definitely can't. Last night no. that because he had chance upon chance upon chance to get the ball in. He has to cut back. Teams work that out within ten minutes, and that'll be the end of. Your right hand side. We're saying about the back four. The back four have been good. That's fine. But 
Ferguson looks good. He's uh, a left wing back for me all day long. And if we're going away from home and we've got Romeo going forward, you know, that's fine. You've got four centre, basically four players who can play inside and tuck inside and defend. If you want the two balls to be from there and you're going to play two up front, the midfield, oh, I'd play three in midfield and let the two, let Ferguson and Romeo run their nuts out. That way, you've got flex. You can change. You go and nick a goal. You can change the way you want to play. You can totally suffocate the game. It's about what works for Millwall. If you've not got the players there, all right, let's change system to go to what we've got. We've got that flex now. I think the fact that we've got Hutchinson could come in and play another, be another centre-half. You've got the three midfielders that you're talking about. You've got Leonard, Williams and Thompson. Now, one of them has got to sit in front of the back four for me. The problem is Williams can't run and Leonard doesn't seem to want to do that or we don't trust him to do that. And Thompson will tackle everything, run everything, and he's better when he's allowed to go and do what he wants to do. But Harris, I mean, he has hinted um, in the in the close season that um, he may change systems to suit the situation. So it may be that that's what we see up at Borough. I mean, I'm just looking at Middlesbrough's start to the season. They, they've not had a brilliant start to the season themselves. They've no, they very mm. draw on, I think it must be opening day, two losses. These are league, league games. Two losses and a win against Wigan um, Tuesday night, I think it was, 1-0. That was their first win of the season. Yeah. So, you know... Um, Jonathan Woodgate's their manager, isn't he? Yeah, yeah Jonathan Woodgate, yeah. yeah. So, let's hope they're not in Fulham mode and let's hope they're still in, you know... I, I think they're far from Fulham mode, uh, Nick. Mm. I, they haven't been in Fulham mode in, in a long, long time. They seem like a club sort of on the decline. They got rid of Tony Pulis after he couldn't get them playoffs last year. They yeah. brought... Woodgate, who wants to change sort of the ethos around the club, but again, the question is, will will he get time, or or, or will will they sort of, you know, will, will will Gibson pull the trigger again? I don't know how much they spent in the summer. I I didn't really take, you know, keep notes with their with their transfers. And they had some some poor results. From Luton, they were the opening day mm. fixture. They Luton three, Middlesbrough three. They got beaten by Brentford at home, one 0 to Brentford mm. on the on the tenth. Then there's a cup game. Uh, Blackburn 1-0, they got beat, and then a home win to Wigan. So that's not exactly tearing the world up. So, you know, I, I think if the team can put this experience last night, it reminds me a little bit of the Tottenham game. Neil Harris referred to the Spurs game in the FA Cup in his in his post-match comments. I don't think Fulham are close to Spurs in terms of quality, but you had the same sense of a, a complete smack out of the clear blue sky and we managed then to move on. So I think that was the season we went up at Wembley in the, uh, you know, in, in the playoff season. So, you, you know, we, we can put it behind us. We I hope we will. And we're going to go to a fairly average-looking Middlesbrough on Saturday with, I think, every expectation that we can battle away. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do 
not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Achtung, Mailball. At the end of the day, a point's a good result. Go away from home in the championship. Oh, yeah. It's not a bad result. Win at home, draw away. It'll be fine. You know, yeah. you know what I mean? There is that simple... I know it sounds simple and it's easy to say, but it really... And, you know, we all want to go and win away from home. It's a long way to go up there. You don't want to watch boring, turgid football. But at the end of the day, it's functional. It, it serves a purpose. There's a bigger picture to look at in just one game. And if they go there, you get a result. You know, we'll cut. We'll come back to then after the international break. The international break after this one. Yeah, we'll come. Uh, yeah, yeah. Week after Saturday, yeah. yeah. Um, you um, starting we, Smith up there, Harry? Would you, you you open up with Smith on Saturday? Would I, Smith? I, I would. I mean, personally, myself, I, I'd like Smith to, and Bradshaw, presumably. I would like to see Smith and Bradshaw, but I, I also would like to see Pavarsen. But again, it depends on what we're going to do. I just don't want to see us get beat. Uh, like first and foremost, we can't get beat again. Do you know what I mean? That won't be good for. No, it won't be team. good for the club. Set up not to get not to get beat, but also won't um, be good for some of our fans. They'll be having the you know seeking <laughs> help from the Samaritans the way some of them react to last yeah, night. Yeah, Bermondsey uh, social services won't yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mike? You start Smith and Bradshaw up there? Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said previously, I think we need that outlay. Someone, uh, you know, Smith can bully the defenders and uh, just someone to sort of aim for, which was so lacking, you know, last night. Um, uh, yeah, I would like to see Bob Bass. I mean, Aaron speaks really highly of him. Um, yeah, not quite yeah. seen him yet. Yeah. Um, no, no. I imagine if he, if he doesn't play on uh, against Middlesbrough, we'll, we'll see him against Oxford, uh, of course. Um, but yeah, yeah, definitely two up top. Uh, and as you say, I think they're a little bit fragile at the moment, Middlesbrough. So um, yeah, we, we'll let, let's hit them hard and see what we can do up there. Let's go full Bob Marbin. Let's play three up front. And we'll just we'll just launch it all, all day long. We'll just kick long balls at them, and we'll see what we can do. 
Achtung, Mehlball. I just found it so strange, you know, with the, uh, you know, home fans mixed in with the away fans. Um, oh, no. You know, that it's little concourse behind it, it's, it's mad. Yeah, they couldn't do that with other clubs. We couldn't do that at Millwall. No, no, we couldn't do that at Millwall, West Ham, Leeds. No, but that, that's the thing. It has to be done like that. Obviously, last season, you know, it's like people always talk about, you know, the neutral end and all that. And that's one of yeah. the famous questions I get. Oh, why do they have a neutral end? Well, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but they have water on one side of their ground, which means that they can't have turnstiles coming in. So um, they have to like, they have to offer actually that section to, to, to away fans. But obviously, they don't want to offer the whole stand to away fans. So they separate it into neutral fans. But this season, obviously, as you must have seen yesterday, um, you know, you, you, the Riverside stand's going to be demolished, and 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 a new like grandstand, Ascot style grandstand, and we chat today. It's it's going to look amazing. Yeah. The strange thing is, the Riverside stand in its day was seen as quite groundbreaking, but it was design wise, you know, for for those ground nerds out there. But what it was called initially? What the Riverside stand? Um. Was it going to be? Was it going to be named after Tommy Trinder or something like oh, that? It's the Eric Miller stand. The Eric Miller stand. Was he? he a, was he a director or? Oh, a... He was a director. He was also involved in politics, and oh, okay. he um he he died in 1977. He actually killed himself while under investigation for fraud. Right. And quickly okay. renamed it the Riverside. Stand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a new stand going to be another tribute to Michael Jackson, perhaps? Down there? <laughs> the, the Jackson stand. You know what? They offend me because they're, uh, they're banali- <laughs> their banality offends me. Their West their West London upper class top schoolboy. Go down, play at Henley. Fucking just a noise. He's not in London. There is. Harry's got into class war. (laughs) They're just really, really offensive by their inoffensiveness. They're like the judging woman at a wedding. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) They are. They're just... (laughs) I'll tell you what, one one time, just going on your class thing, Harry, I was, um, you know, I used to cover him, what? I covered him for about two and a half seasons, Fulham. I was was the reporter. Fulham. I remember one of my first away games, like the club are like, oh, you know, we're, we're going to sit in, in the train carriage. We're just going to sit just the other side of the doors, all the players, because there's fans in here, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, they're rowdy. And they're like, oh, yeah, they get rowdy. I was like, cool. <laughs> if you've gone up to a set of fans and they're like, oh, how are you? Good to meet you. Would you like some anti-pasty? We brought Prosecco with us. And I was like, what? Yeah. And I was like, nah, mate, I don't know. He's like, oh, we've got salami. We've got um, we've got wine. We've got this. And I was like, right. Basically, they'd gone and done 60 quid in the Marxes at the train station. Very nice. Yeah, Very nice. A full-on picnic. Because it's like going to, going to Fulham, as you, as you said, it's like going to the cricket. Like, but without, it's like earlier on, I know it's obviously first out of the third test today. I was listening to it on a test match special and Jeffrey Boycott gets on, they're, they're booing David Warner off as he, after he got uh, got out. Mm-hmm. They're booing him off and, and he's going, oh, you know, if you've got nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. The man is a cheat. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> boo this yeah. man. Achtung, Milbal. Yeah, that. There's a racism storm cloud in this club at the moment. Well, Fulham, is it? One of their fans um, racially abused one of the players' sisters. 
Oh, yeah, I did see that. Uh, it came out on Twitter, didn't it? Yeah. Was it Sessignon? Sessignon? No, no, it was, what, it was Cyrus Christie, the right back. Oh, um, Christie, that was it, yeah. And, 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 you know, his sister was racially abused. And, I mean, don't get me wrong, that's not a, oh, check these lot out, they're fucking hard. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the stereotype of, oh, they're all toffs who drink tea and... No, I mean, I, I can remember them being, I think, in Division 4 at one point, Division 3, certainly. Mm-hmm. They were down with us in the third division. You know, it's like Bournemouth being in the Premier League. You know, if you get the right level of backing, then you can take, or Salford City, as we're seeing, I'm just looking, ah, looking through yeah. the league, <clears throat> league 2. You know, um, clubs can become inflated beyond their their their, their historical role. Um, and that's where Fulham are at. They've, they've got good yeah. backing. They've got an owner that clearly sees them having the future in the Premier League. They were certainly invested enough to, but they should expect to win the championship if last night's yeah. performance is anything to go by. But no, they're going to get mixed up with a bit, got, you know. Fulham's not paradise, is it? It's, it's got its no. grimy side as well. So I've got you know, two you're going to have it stuff. I've got two points on that. The, the main thing is, is that Salford City took 154 fans to their first ever league away game. That, mm. that put you into. Um, you know, first ever fixture in the league in their history, I'd take 154 fans. So that shows where they're at. So something definitely ain't right down there with their financial fair play. Cheers, FA. And second of all, and most importantly, when you're talking about, you know, um, Fulham being down in the third division with us, I remember when Portsmouth went up, I think we were either in the old Division 2 or Division 1, as it was called then, and Merson come down and basically... Yeah performance that was the most lot performance like that last night where the other team you just have to go oh fuck me they're on a different level Swansea did it a few years ago I remember Swansea under, under Kenny yeah, Jackett football, football in display I mean yeah. we, we just have to write that off last night and hopefully use Saturday as a, as a platform to to bounce back I was just just touching on, on clubs um, who have fallen low I mean Fulham we've mentioned they're now on the up, but I mean, uh, the, the big news obviously is Barry. Um, who I think the decision is made tomorrow as to whether to expel them from the football league. I yeah. think, um, there's talk of a 24 to 48 hour extension on that, but basically, mm-hmm. there, there was a story yesterday saying Steve Dell had rejected a bid. There's, yeah. a story about four, there's four different interested parties, and he's both of another. But if I'm honest, I don't believe in one bit. The geezer seems to be serial. Yeah, he said, um, I'm just having a look now, three hours ago, he said um, one party is in advanced discussions. Um, but, but as you say, yeah, serial bullshit, you, you might not believe that. But um, it's an absolute travesty, isn't it? Um, you know, if they do go out of business, especially after getting promoted last season as well, you just you just wonder where it's all gone wrong. Well, you know how it's gone wrong, they got corrupt owner, but um, how, he's, how he's been able to... Uh, you know, get get in there really. I mean, you, you've got Barry. You've, I mean, minus twelve. If they ever get to play a game, they're on zero played. Obviously, not a fixture played. Bolton just above them on minus eleven. Yeah, they, they've played three, but now they've lost for Phil Parkinson and his uh, his assistant, whose name escaped me in the week. Um, but resigned. How often do you see a football manager resign? It just doesn't. You either sacked or you the contract ends. It doesn't doesn't happen that way. Because their um, their game got postponed um, this week, was it Bolton? Even they've had another one postponed, so they've managed yeah. to do all the games. Under the welfare of their players, it postponed. Uh, the thing is, I was actually discussing this yesterday at, um, at my game. They haven't had it postponed. They have turned around. That if they keep playing the kids, it's going to ruin the kids' development. Now, let me tell you something. Their average age this season is 24. Wimbledon's is 23. And I'm sitting there going, well, 
is the FA, do, do the FA have to accept this postponement? Because at the end of the day, you're putting so many people out in terms of fans, in terms of fans from other clubs, police, all this stuff has been organised and Bolton feel that, you know what, the kids of the club, like the, the, the academy graduates are, are going to, uh, where well, they're going to struggle. Um, and, 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 you know, <coughs> it's not good for them and we're, we're, we're not going to do this, that, the other. You know, it, it's a really baffling situation. Ken Anderson is another guy who sit there and you're like, what are you doing, mate? But, um, you know, full props to, to, to Phil Parkinson and to Steve Parkin, his white right man. Steve Parkin, that was the you name. Know, Steve, Steve Parkin, man, you know, they, they've done absolute wonders. Um, you know, for five months, they didn't get paid. They they, they turned up. No. And, and, and it's just got to a head now, you know. And there's very rare, very rare that a club gets relegated. They're in that much shit and the manager gets mm. out yeah. reputation. Achtung, Just Looking at the League One tables, we're talking. So exclude Bolton and Barry, we've discussed the bottom, the bottom two positions. But if you actually run your, na- your eye down the list of names in League One, second are Lincoln. Well, they've been out of into the National League. They, they were, you know, lost their league status and have had to make a comeback from non-league. Uh, Fleetwood have come into the Football League recently. Uh, you know, Burton, the same. Um, Tranmere have been out. You know, they're, they're, they're mm. in that category. AFC Wimbledon have risen from Park Football to the level they're at now. You know, there is there is life beyond the football league, but you do need to be well run. You do need to be well Nick, managed. Nick, look at Accrington Stanley. Stanley, you know, yeah, another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, they're a good example. Yeah. They, yeah. They've gone through shit. Blackpool mm. with Oysters have gone through shit. And Don't I think Don, Doncaster mate, as well, Aaron, as well. They've been out of the mate, national yeah, there's league. There's great documentary Coventry on this. Coventry is still in shit, and people forget because they've got the St Andrews receipts. Oh yeah, they're right. They're still in shit. Wickham yeah. was saved this summer by an American investor. They've had to break the whole thing of you know being fan owned. They've they've done it, and they've got themselves an investor. Ipswich, they fucking got themselves you know a guy who's I don't know how he's bankrolling them, but he is. Sunderland, they could be in financial mm-hmm. trouble, and they were in financial trouble when they were relegated. Look at Portsmouth, they've struggled. Rochdale are in trouble. Macclesfield are in trouble. Oldham are in trouble. Bolton, Berry, it this it, this is like nuts. There is some. It is madness. There was a great thread on Twitter. I don't know if, if all of us saw it. It was yeah, um, might have been the Accrington Stanley owner who and the old, pub, yeah. you know it published the dilemma of the owner. That, you know you the, the the system rewards the gambler because more money comes with success. So you borrow more money, dig yourself into debt to try and fund success. Uh, and obviously if it doesn't come, then you're into a a spiral of debt where the only answer is more debt to, to try and get yourself into a position where more money will come your way. And the madness of it all, it, it's, it's its the modern game and you can trace it back in truth to the formation of the Premier League in 1992, the most distorting moment in modern football. And the logic of this whole madhouse, because that's what it is, is it's taken us towards the Premier League as a, a pristine kind of semi-closed competition with maybe a feeder league, a Premier League 2, and then the rest, uh, and that's when English football is inexorably dragging itself towards. I think it's going to be a, 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 the death of the game, as, as 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 I love it, and I don't know about you boys, but it strikes me as a, I don't know, uh, a, every, an, an empty vessel, if that's what it comes to. Every single decision is baffling. Every big key decision from the FA and yeah. the football league, the English football league, is baffling. The Premier League are a league unto themselves. Stop dealing with them. They are not in need to help you. When they they haven't realised this since 1992, they are not there to help you. They, the Premier League will look after itself. 
the fact that you have to be relegated from the Premier League to turn up in our league is a mere coincidence to the Premier League. They are not bothered. Right? One of the um, interesting things about the Premier League when it was first created was it was it was it was built uh, it was going to be the FA Premier League. It was built as an FA competition rather than the Football League competition, which was tainted by a sense that it was run as a for its own its own ends. It it, it held back the big five uh, back then was United, Liverpool. Uh, Everton, I think, Arsenal, and probably uh, Spurs, I think. Um, it held them back, and and therefore the FA would run this competition for the benefit of all. It was going to be like a the FA was seen as this kind of um, organisation that, that had the overriding interest of football at, at its heart, and this would generate more money in the aftermath of the Hillsborough years and relaunch the game. And all you can say now is what a load of bollocks that was, because it's now become this destructive element in our game that is this distorts everything you know everyone's trying to chase the, the their tail to get into it and the only way you get into it is by digging a, a ever deeper and deeper hole for yourself there was an interesting article just to close the subject because it, 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 it depresses me but there was an interesting article to say that the the logic of the the premier league logic the formation of the premier league logic is now being applied to the uh, the European League, the formation of a European League, a, a, a revamped, upgraded, super duper Champions League, which will, you know, include obviously the the, the Manchester United's, the Manchester City's, Liverpool's, um, Arsenal's, and Chelsea's, and, and and the like. But that will exclude the the so-so Premier League clubs because obviously they won't be part of that bigger bigger pot, this glittering pot that's that's further forwards, you know. And I thought it's going to be an ironic um, moment if they find themselves left behind when the the big six or big five or whatever it is now finally join Europe in some Champions League super competition and leave behind the um, I don't know the Crystal Palaces and the Burnleys in some not quite as good Premier League. The only way they will care is that you don't watch and you can't not watch because you're addicted to football. You love football and you're like a gambler. Sitting there in Las Vegas with your last five, <laughs> and you you spend the money again and again and again, and they say, "Well, you the next time your number must come up." And that is basically going back to what the Accurate and Stanley manager said about trying to get to the Premier League. And as well, the AFL are bottle jobs because when teams like QPR go up and break financial pair play in this division, they come down and you get put in a soft embargo, and people like Reading buy a fucking world-class Inter Milan player who takes the piss out of Cardiff, a Premier League team on Sunday, and win 3-0. And and this is this is why they're a joke. After it's, a 4-0 slaughtering, that's not cheered me up any at all, Harry. That's depressed me still further. Before we close, boys, I just want to wish all the best to a bloke called Charlie Clinton, who is uh, well, on Millwall's um, media team. And um, he's been doing these videos. I don't know how many listeners follow the social media, but they do. There's this modern um, game thing of doing like slow mo videos and artistically done shots and things like that. I kind of hate it and I kind of like it, you know, all in one. So I'm a little bit ambivalent about it. But Charlie's very talented video man, and he's been doing the mill stuff, including the renowned Tim Cahill return video, which we'll all remember from uh, two years back. Uh, just want to wish Charlie all. All the best. Uh, maybe move on to hip hip hop dance videos or something like that. Um, or maybe do those. Like the, the, my, on my notes, don't you do like these ones, Aaron? Where there's someone puts like Jurgen Klopp's head on a on a dancing bloke when they've won a game or something. 
Jojo video or something. I, I, I really hate those videos. I put Pep on some dance troupe somewhere, you know, and I, I don't find them funny, but I, I kind of get a sense that people out there do laugh a lot at them, and that, that worries me quite a bit. There was only one that I found funny recently was basically footage from the Amazon Prime documentary of Pep Guardiola giving a half-time team talk with basically David Brent over the top of it. That, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's fucking, it's amazing. Like, There's a lot of people uh, with a lot of, their, lot of time available to do that. I hope Charlie's not going to go and do that kind of work. He's better than that. But these people make millions of pounds by doing this. I <laughs> know. <laughs> Social media again. Social media for you. There it? it is. You see how you get idiots like fucking Logan Paul and the other bloke have a fight on YouTube that no one's really... Who are you? Why are you fighting on YouTube? And why are you asking me to pay £15 for this to watch base? If I want that, I can fuck off down a pub and watch two drunk guys not attempt to throw punches and miss. It's just... It is the modern world, Nick. I wish it I... It is the modern world. Yeah, there we are. Let's do our score predictions, Aaron. Should we do our score predictions? Yeah, let's do it. Bora uh, versus Mill at the weekend. Um, it... Riverside, three o'clock on, on a Saturday afternoon in August. It's probably going to be pissing down with rain. Fog mm. everywhere. Uh, I can't wait for it. Gents, how does it go? I'm going to go Middlesbrough, one. Millwall, two. I think it's going to be one all. And I'll be happy with that. I think Millwall... Can you say, can, Mike, can you say it in regulation fashion, please? Can you say it properly? <laughs> one, one. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm good. I'm like Mr. Five for now. I'll put you on the sky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sell yourself. <laughs> good, Eric. What's yours? I'm going to say that Millwall will bounce back from their defeat midweek and they will go up there and shock everyone by winning Millwall 3 nil. Properly. 3 nil. I think we're going to win 3 nil. You've got to say it, you've got to say it like, like the man on the celly. Oh, like Middlesbrough, nil. Millwall, free. Also, the last time that they come to the den, I don't know if you remember, I've only just literally come into my head now, there was a YouTube video from this Borough Red bloke or whatever that kind of done its rounds on Twitter talking about it, And they were, I've never seen a bunch of people more scared (laughs) nothing happening. There literally was no, nothing in the video. They were just scared. So they must be scared to come down south. Like it must be, you know, like in Game of Thrones, like when the when the people were coming from the north, they're coming, Millwall are coming. It, it must be like that up there at the moment because seemingly nothing happened in this 40-minute video apart from sort of slagging off the fact that you couldn't turn up to Millwall 20 minutes early in the film. Nice one, boys. Oh, we've got to do, we've got, Why not get the prediction this? Fuck Oh, you got your... Yeah, what do you think, Aaron? <laughs> well, I'm not telling you now. Go on, wait. Sorry, I forgot. Go on. I, I was I was, I was <laughs> lax lax in my approach. Second class citizen and all. That. Oh, no, no, no. I'm <laughs> going. I'm going one four. One oh, four. Yeah. You think we can score four goals? Yeah. Mid- oh, Middlesbrough one nil all four. That's correct. You. you I would I would I would have, have pint. Where have you been drinking? And I would have pint of it, Aaron. Uh, <laughs> tea. Yeah. Tea. I have yeah, a cup of tea. Strong tea. tea. I know strong you're tea. Last night, I mean, has it affected you? The air, Yorkshire <laughs> <laughs> water. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll certainly take that result. Let's do the bye for, who's going to do bye for now? Harry, go on, you do that. Bye for now. I'm going to be bye for now.
All right, I'll, I'll attempt it. That's the middle news this week. Bye for now. Bye for now. Achtung, Mehlball. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.